Welcome back to Everyday Economics, the podcast that helps you learn about the economic world happening around you every day. I'm your host, Chris Kirk, president of 501c3 nonprofit, nonpartisan Franklin News Foundation, Everyday Economics, the production of America's Talking Network. You can and should subscribe to all of our podcasts at americastalking.com. To support Everyday Economics, make your tax-deductible charitable contributions by clicking the link in the show description. We're recording this episode on Friday, December 15th. And joining me as always, my partner, Dr. Orfe Divagis, PhD economist. Dr. O, always great to be with you. And let's just jump right into it. You know, we're, you know, less than 11 months away from uh, Election Day uh, here in the U.S. of A. And certainly, you know, the candidates are taking shape. There's been a a lot of interesting debates and and discussion about the Republican candidates. Of course, you have an incumbent president in in Democrat, Joe Biden. He's got some things that are going on. You'd pose this question. He's got a lot going on. He's got a lot. He's got a lot lot going on. Oh, my God. You had posed this question to me in a, in a just a text exchange that we had, and 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 the, and the question you proffered was: Is housing affordability going to hurt Biden at the polls? And I'll let you start. I think there are a number of things that are going to be uh, affecting Joe Biden at the polls. His his current uh, approval rating is uh, is relatively low. But go ahead and you tell me what you think and how much housing is. Going yeah, to play into look, this. honestly, I I I don't I don't know what I think. I I basically shared with you an article that was written by uh, by by the chief economist at Redfin, who happens to be a fellow economist I respect and, and, and like. Uh, she's just awesome. And she wrote this uh, this article where she basically says, look, the labor market is red hot. The un- unemployment, lo- un- unemployment is low. Economic growth is strong. Inflation has moderated. We got inflation down six percentage points in a year. That's unbelievable without unemployment increasing. Income inequality has declined for the first time since 2007. So you got a, a good economy right now. People have jobs. The Fed got inflation down under control. We're even getting the hint of rate cuts in 2024. The soft lending that's never been done is happening. It's unbelievable. And yet, the incumbent president is struggling in the polls. And there's this... There's all the vibes, right? Those negative vibes. Let's let's put some frame to it. So, you know, the, the Center Square Voters Voice Poll, the Center Square is the Newswire service that the Franklin News Foundation operates. And it did a poll of 2,500 Americans, 1,000 verified Republicans, 1,000 verified Democrats, and 500 um, verified independents. So, I mean, it's one of the, I think it's one of the coolest polls going. Mike Noble from Noble Predictive uh, Insights in Phoenix is our partner on that. And here's what America said in the most recent poll that we did, which would be, you know, just about a month ago. Uh, The country um, somewhat approves of uh, Joe Biden to the tune of 24 percent, somewhat disapproves 12 percent, strongly disapproves of Joe Biden in general, 44 percent. On the economic side, 45 percent strongly disapprove of what he's got going on and 23 percent somewhat approve. I mean, yeah, maybe housing. I mean, we talk about housing and the importance that housing plays in just sort of the, you know, the overall economic picture. It's 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 core. You know, I mean, you need air, water and shelter, right? Food, air, water and shelter to survive. And, um, you know, the, the shelter parts a, a, a big piece of, of your own personal economic puzzle. I'll put it back to you from a housing standpoint. Do you think that the, the typical American voter is making that connection between the current president, his policies, and you know what it costs to rent the average home or to buy the average home in America. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I, I read this and I thought, man, man, I didn't think of that. But that's a good point. Home sales are a record low. They haven't been so low in so long. Affordability is a record at a record high, you know. Uh, if you don't own yet, you're a renter, you're struggling. You're trying to get on. You're trying to get on that ladder. It's hard, you know. Thank God in November, rates fell a little bit. And at the same time, house prices fell a little bit. So, you know, affordability improved a little bit. It might improve a little bit more in 2024. But as of right now, it's a struggle. And, and then you have these homeowners who have really, really low interest rates and have basically in the best possible financial position, kind of, I don't know, upset about their golden handcuffs. They're like, oh, well, I kind of wanted to move now, but I can't move because I'm going to have to give up this massive discount I got, this really low payment, and I'm going to have to move into a higher payment. And I don't want to do that. And so it's not cool. I don't like it. And so they're complaining too. And so everybody's complaining about housing these days, you know? And uh, and so, I mean, this is this definitely going to improve in 2024 ahead of the election. But it could be potentially part of the problem for the president. I think it will and could be, but there are probably some other issues that, that are, that, you know, that are, that are getting, you know, that are getting in the way. I mean, certainly what's going on with immigration and the number of people who've come in to the United States or the southern border, uh, you know, over the past three years is putting additional pressure just to keep it sort of inside of this frame, this discussion that we're having about, about housing. I mean, when you and I have spoken about the realities of housing in the United States, I threw out the number that we're 2 million homes short. You said, sorry, partner, it's more like 4 million. And, you know, if in fact, you know, we have allowed, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of, of 10 to 15 million people to come into the United States illegally in the in the last three years, how much further does that exacerbate the number that you threw out? So if it's, if it's, if it was 4 million before, What's the what's the number now, presuming that everybody who's come into the United States decides to stay? See, I would be sympathetic to that argument, but you have to understand uh, housing starts also increase a ton, right? So a lot of these immigrants that come in, they also go and work in the trades and construction and all that stuff. And so that helps us. Uh, a lot of them also go and work in the labor market and other jobs, and that's actually helped to increase labor supply, which has helped to cool down wage growth. Uh, so that we don't have the kind of pressure that would be inflationary, that would cause consumer price, uh, consumer prices to increase faster. It's actually helped us to bring inflation down. So I, I, so I'm not completely there with the immigration story yet, but, uh, but I'll tell you what though, uh, someone else who's really focused on the labor market, another economist that I respect and, and, and follow and like very much, the chief economist at the Burning Glass Institute. He, well, he did a little bit of work and he's looking, he says, the growth of the U.S. economy in the last five years has been predominantly driven by two sectors, professional and technical services and information, in such, essentially tech and consulting. And so if tech and consulting are really driving growth, everybody else that doesn't work in tech and consulting is probably not all that uh, benefiting from the growth, right? Uh, it's also geographically concentrated in New York City, Chicago, Boston, and D.C., and so, you know, now we're seeing a little moves to Texas, you know, from California. But basically, you do not, the Pacific region, right? You do not, you know, you, you're you emitting a large chunk of the country here. 
And so if those people haven't really benefited from this growth, well, guess what? They might be a little upset. They might not be feeling good, too good about the economy because they're not really seeing the gains, right? That everybody else on the coasts uh, are seeing. And so that could be, you know, I think, I think that could be part of the problem, you know, for, uh, for President Biden going into the, uh, this next, uh, election year. Well, I, I, I don't disagree with that. Again, you know, just sort of staying within the, sort of the housing segment, you know, I mean, I, I have the benefit of traveling all over the country and I'll tell you from the East Coast to the West Coast, you see a lot of cranes and you see a lot of buildings being built and presumably, you know, with what we know about the office, uh, and, and sort of, you know, this, this new world, uh, relationship that we have with work at work that these cranes are building buildings that people are going to be living in, in cities. Right. Right. Um, uh, you right. get outside of the cities and you don't, you don't, it's not that you'd be looking for cranes, but you'd be looking for development. That has yeah. slowed. And we've talked about that. Builder sentiment is, yeah. is where, it, is where it's at. You know, I mean, if, if foundations have been poured and plans have been laid, I mean, you have builders that are completing homes and, and they're selling them. But they're having to sell them with some level of concession, either a buy down rate or some other kind of, uh, you know, um, perk to get the to get the, the keys right. into somebody's but you, hands. But you would think that you would think that would uh, help those renters, buyers, and they would they would be quite happy about that. But it's not, you know, and, 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 I, and I think it's and I think the problem is mostly not so much the building in the cities. It's really so much the disparities, the geographic disparity, where basically, you know, you have these coastal markets that are doing better, uh, you know, and then you have this middle of America that hasn't really grown as much or as fast. Looks, I would just say this, it looks very different. It, it looks very different. As you move yourself around the country, um, you know, it's... It, Without it, without yeah, with, without a doubt. Hey, good discussion as always. Enjoyed it. Let's let's pull it uh, to a close here. For Orfei Nivangi, this has been Chris Krug. Subscribe to Everyday Economics and dozens of other quality podcasts at americastalking.com. Are you tired of news that puts politics over people? At the nonprofit Franklin News Foundation, we believe in putting people over politics by delivering nonpartisan news and audio content that serves you, the American taxpayer. With Franklin News Foundation, you can read fact-based, state-focused news for free at thecentersquare.com. You can listen to civil, balanced conversations between policy experts through our podcast network at americastalking.com. Or you can get in-depth news on K-12 education spending, curriculum, and school safety at chalkboardnews.com. It's all free through Franklin, where we put you, the American taxpayer, first in every story, episode, and conversation. And it's only possible through our supporters. Together, we can produce content that puts people over politics and brings Americans the news they deserve. Become a supporter today at franklinnews.org donate. Once again, that's franklinnews.org slash donate.